0: to 11 through 22. message 22. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only say that you outsiders, to God always no idea of any of this. Didn't know the first thing about the way God works. Hadn't the fancy idea of Christ. You knew nothing about the rich history of God's co- co- covenants and promises of, in Israel. Hadn't a clue about what God was doing for the world at large. Now, because of Christ, dying that death, shedding that blood, you were once out of it, all together, on our own every day. The Messiah has made things up between us, so that we're now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a, at a distance. He repealed the law code that had come to, so clogged with fine print and footnotes, That it entered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together through this death and on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of hostility. Christ came and preached peace to the outsiders and preached. And preached peace to to us insiders. He treated us as equals, and and so many as equals. Uh, through him, we both share the same spirit and and had equal access to the Father. That's why plan- that's the point, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your com- uh, country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here, with as much right to the same Christian as anyone. God is building a home, he's using us all, introspective of how we got here, and, and what he's building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, now he's using you, fitting brick, fit, fitting brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ at the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it.
1: The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Creator God, I pray that today the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight. Though my words may be imperfect, may you use them anyways. Amen. And first, a thank you to Luke and Mary Nell for reading our scripture for the beginning of a new sermon series. You may have thought that translation sounded a little different. I decided to try the message translation for this series because it's a little bit more accessible. And this sermon series is going to be interesting. (laughs) For the next five weeks, we will be talking about what freedom looks like in Christ through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For Christians, our faith sheds a light on every aspect of our lives if we let it. This week, we're going to take a look at how Christ has freed us to be reconciled with one another, but I have to begin with a terrible confession. Uh, And I notice there's a lot of new people in the room. So I'm going to say, please offer me some grace because you don't know me and you may not like this confession. Uh, Specifically, please try not to think less of me and offer me a little grace for my feelings. And um, Sherry, if you listen to this later, uh, you especially, please forgive me because I am about to confess that I am not a cat person. I'm so sorry. I love cats, don't get me wrong. I love snuggling with cats. I love the purpose that they serve. They keep pests out of your home. I enjoy cats, but I'm not a cat person. Uh, I don't like them, maybe specifically in my house, partially because as I get older, I am getting more allergic to cats, so that's part of it. But there's a selfish part, and I'm going to tell you it's the litter box. I can't stand something using the bathroom in my house that is not a bathroom. It's a personal issue, I know, and I'm a hypocrite because I have a toddler who uses diapers. So I know that I intentionally brought something into my home that does not use the bathroom. But what's even funnier is I have two cats and I'm not a cat person. Mooney and Ed, they are wonderful, I adore them. But I got Mooney about eight years ago And I realized a few years in that I might not be a cat person, and I was not afraid to tell anyone who asked me, Mooney will be my last cat, partially because I didn't think any cat could live up to his perfect snuggliness, but also litter. I'm done with it. Until Ed, until Ed came along. It actually happened pretty recently. That day in March where we had the giant snowstorm that had us all snowed in, It actually ended up keeping my husband Jordan home, and in the middle of that snowstorm, over the gentle sounds of Northern Exposure, which is our favorite snow day TV show, we heard the gentle mewing of a cat in distress. After determining that it wasn't Mooney who was snoring on the couch, uh, Jordan ventured out in boots and a jacket to find what was making the sound. It was a small spot of brown on our snow-covered front porch. We brought it into our garage uh, because it seemed to really want to be inside and it turned out to be a beautiful, fluffy, well-groomed, well-fed cat wearing a very fancy harness. And now obviously we're not in the business of leaving poor defenseless animals on our porch through a cold and snowy day so we brought it to our garage, a safe and separate area to weather the storm with some warm and some food. But it ended up being about two days before we could actually get out of our garage. The snow was so bad. And because of our life, we ended up waiting two days to turn him in. Although we did keep our distance because it was an unknown cat, uh, he was clearly a cat who loved people We were sure, given his state of well-groomedness when we found him, that he belonged to someone nearby, someone who loved him dearly and would be searching frantically for him. So when we dropped him off, we checked the box to contact us if no one claimed him. Absolutely confident that we would never get a call. That was dumb. That was a dumb move on my part. (laughs) Two weeks later... 30 minutes before the start of my first confirmation class ever, I got a phone call. As I am rushing around Fellowship Hall putting the final touches on our socially distanced classroom, the sweet volunteer on the phone tells me that the cat that we dropped off was never picked up. Oh, and he wasn't doing very well. Some cats just get stressed out in shelter conditions. I knew I could not make a commitment to bring an animal into my home alone, so I immediately called Jordan. The only two things you know, need to know about Jordan for this sermon is, um, one, he is my husband, so he is a co-decision maker in our household. And two, without supervision, that man would adopt every animal in the shelter and maybe a few of the volunteers if you let him. So, I mean, the compassionate heart is why I married him. I adore him. Uh, But if you're looking for someone to logically walk you through the choice to make an adoption, maybe not the best choice. He may not be the best choice. But for all of the very practical reasons, I had to say no to this cat. We already have two animals, we have a baby, we have not a lot of space. I had to realize that the only thing really keeping me from doing a good turn for another living creature was me. I have to tell you that that phone call opened my eyes to something I wasn't very happy about in myself. I want to love people. That is my calling in life. I love loving people, and creation, and the earth, and that's what I want to do, but that phone call made me realize how easily I was swayed by my own mind to take the easy way. I had no issues coming up with a dozen reasons why I was not the right person, and this was not the right time. Reason and logic told me that this was not my problem to solve. No matter how much my heart is drawn to love and care for everyone, my mind has the ability to reason my way out of care if it even just inconveniences me a little. It is as if I have drawn lines around my home and my family and my pets and said, these things are mine and those things are not mine. These are the only lives I am responsible for. Now I have to preface this with sometimes these are very necessary and healthy lines. They're called boundaries, and we need to have them to protect us and our ability to live full and happy lives. We are each deserving of places that are safe, where we have a chance at finding peace, but I think sometimes we use the same lines for boundaries as lines to create separation between ourselves and others. We believe that we have to look out for our people, our business, our community, our side of things, and this requires us to prioritize ourselves over others. I want to say again, there is a place for this, and this is not an unhealthy activity, but it can be used in different ways too. I want to stress how blurry the line is between holding a healthy boundary and keeping a separation. I know that I often struggle to weigh my own comfort and well-being against the security of another. I think it's at the core of our struggle to be good Christians, good people, basically decent human beings. But I'm left with a lot of questions then. How do we heal the brokenness that separates us? Where do we find the balance of loving neighbor and ourselves? These are a lot of deep questions to be asking yourself about pet adoption. I'm aware, but I think that's just the way my brain works. The easy answer to these questions is that there are no easy answers. We wrestle, we practice, we learn, we will make mistakes. But our scripture today reminds us that there is a kernel of truth It's a kernel of truth that weasels its way into many faiths, not just our own. We are not the oldest known faith with this kernel in it. It is the truth, that separation between us, the lines that we draw around ourselves and between others, those are lies. They don't exist in the created world. We were created to be bound up with one another, inseparable, each of us entirely necessary for the survival and well being of one another. We are of the same body, the same earth, the same home. And every single one of us belongs here. This is the truth. I know this is true the way I know that the sky is blue. It is true. But if that is true, I have to wonder. I wonder how people end up getting separated like that in the first place. If we're intended to be as one people, and Christ said, well, I done did it already. What gets in our way? I realize that this conversation has a unique answer for each of us. For some of us, our lines may be drawn by our scars, our deep wounds of pain. For others of us, maybe it is what we are afraid of. Maybe it's our fears that we know about or fears that we don't know exist. Maybe for some of us, it is that we are crying out to be seen and heard. Maybe we need to feel important and we don't feel important enough. If you don't know where to look for this, or you don't feel like you have anything getting in the way of connecting you with people, I would encourage you to look at the last time you got irritated with somebody or annoyed and consider that maybe that's rooted in something you are not willing to accept in yourself. I know it took me a harsh turn to realize one of my own fears. At the root of all of my logic and reason to not bring this cat home from the shelter was, well, it was fear. A fear that I would not have enough to offer, that I would fail to provide what this creature really needed. I was afraid that I would not be enough, and I was willing to let my fear stand between a wonderful little creature and a comfortable, happy home. I really didn't like learning that about myself. But whatever it is that breaks us, what we have done or what has been done to us works in equal measure to break the bonds we have with others. The easy way to remember this is hurt people hurt people. This is the truest and hardest work of reconciliation with others. To be reconciled and at peace with others, we must first be at peace with ourselves we must first find peace within ourselves. A tricky thing about peace is that it takes time. Time to sit, time to process. Author Brianna Weiss tells us that when you do not sit and allow yourself to reflect, reconcile and acknowledge what you feel you actively give those feelings more power. Although we are often led to believe that thinking and feeling slow us down, most therapists, and I don't know, feel free to connect me, therapists in the room, I think most therapists would say that suppressing negative feelings only gives them more power in our lives. Whatever the negative feelings are, Whatever the hurt you carry with you, those things will continue to cause you pain until you are willing to have a conversation with them, sit with them, reflect, acknowledge, reconcile. In order to be reconciled, we have to be willing to face what broke us. And that work is painful. We must willingly submit ourselves to this pain in order to grow. And this is the part that hurts me the most, and I am still struggling with it. It is that if we try to grow by other means without addressing that pain, the growth will be on the surface. And it will not sink to the roots of your soul our thoughts, our hurts, and our issues will manage to cause damage in this world if we let them get in our way. It can prevent us from doing the greatest good we can. It can prevent us from offering the greatest love that we can. But what Christ has offered us is freedom. We are free from the illusion of separateness, and we are given the gift of one another. It is a hard one, freedom. It's one that calls us to overcome the conditioning of the world and the pain that we alone have experienced, and it's one that I am still working towards. So we brought the cat home because I, realized we needed to work on this. And we named him Ed, after my favorite character in Northern Exposure. And every time I see him, I am reminded about the lines that I tried to draw around myself. And the fear is still there. But we're talking now. I pray that you sit down with your fears and your hurts and see what they have to tell you. I pray that you find the freedom your creator has offered you. And I pray that you thank God for cats and all the lessons that they have for us. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.